Welcome to Real Mouth, a show about movies and why we hate them. Please welcome your hosts, Jaded Anti-Critics, Train and Mark. Hello everybody, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first official episode of Real Mouth, the world's most Real Mouth. The world's most unprofessional film podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Huang, also known as Train. And I am Mark. Mark, yeah, Mark McCleskey. He's going to be my co-host. And today, we got a lot of fucking movies to talk about. Well, three movies um, from my personal favorite genre, romance With dramas. our guest, Train. Give them the details of our important guest. Yeah, so if you if you guys watched the trailer, the teaser episode, you guys would have found out about our special guest for this episode. Um, unfortunately, he is not coming today. He unfortunately overslept and missed his flight down to SoCal. Um, Markiplier will not be joining us this episode. Um, but don't worry. Don't worry, we have a surprise at the end of the episode, yeah. so stay yeah. tuned for uh, that. Yeah, we we have another surprise in order because we feel so bad for letting you down for not having Markiplier here. We do have another surprise at the end, so please stay tuned for that. Okay. Yes. Um. Anyways, welcome to the first episode of Real Mouth. It's uh. Real Mouth. Real Mouth. It's uh. It's a pleasure to be here. So it's been a long time in the making. So it's it's <laughs> fun. Oh my god! Let's fucking go! <laughs> it, it feel it feels really good to be here. Feels good. It, it's like a dream come true right now. It feels like a dream come true. Train. Yeah, I say so. Hmm. <laughs> uh, um. So we're talking about movies, right? That that's the podcast. I, f- I forgot what the podcast is about. Movies. Yeah, we talk about movies unprofessionally. Uh-huh. So, if we say stuff you don't like, that's the point. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Uh, you're very controversial stuff, e- extremely controversial stuff. Yeah. okay okay all right so first episode is uh oh actually no i'll I'll let you introduce the uh, the genre that we're reviewing today okay yeah so we're working on that they're pretty much like failed romances so we got uh first we're doing lost in translation then we're gonna talk about eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and then we're going to talk about 2046. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that these are all just very sad romance movies. <laughs> these are horrible. <laughs> this is They're, like the kind of stuff the, you watch when like you're just lonely on a Christmas night by yourself. <laughs> right. No, exactly. This is the scariest stuff for us train women in relationships. And Speak for yourself, Mark. I got a girlfriend. Mm, I don't know, Train. It's kind of like the reason we kind of doing this on Halloween, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should touch on that. Um, but well, we're not recording this on October 31st, obviously, but it will be released October 31st, which is the day that you're listening to this right now. Um, I know some of you are probably going to think, why aren't we doing a Halloween-themed episode? It's because we were supposed to re- release this episode, like, before October, but um, stuff came up, and uh, making a podcast Mark is harder. Flyer, yeah, fucking, fucking Mark of Flyer. <laughs> so, anyways, um, no Halloween special. Uh, we do have holiday special episodes coming up though, so you can be on the lookout for that. Yeah, and don't worry, guys. Markiplier cannot ruin those, so those will be happening. Those, those one hundred percent will be happening. All right, uh, Markiplier so, uh, will yeah, be returning. He will. He does definitely want to be on our podcast. Dude, it's like he's literally begging us to be on our podcast, and we said, <laughs> like, like, like we literally said, yes, you can come on. Just don't forget We're about like, your flight. Calm down, bro. You can be on our pod. <laughs> Just wake up on time. Come on down, and we'll have a fun time. Yeah. But- <laughs> Actually, guess no, not. No, no, no. We'll still have a fun time, though, Train. <laughs> yeah, we will have a fun time without Markiplier. That's okay. You no, know before um, we get on the thing, I'm, I'm going to take a quick um, 
I'm gonna take a quick little fucking picture for the for the Instagram, Mark. Recording time. Okay, perfect. Alright, so we're done posting off the socials. Uh I guess we'll time to get into the podcast. Like the actual content. We actually gotta make content now. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Isn't that a weird train? It's like we're podcasters or something. No fucking way. Don't call us that. Makes it makes it seem like we're Rhett and Link or something. It's like we're VTubers. Or <laughs> like, oh, we should totally do that. Do VTubers it, stuff. <laughs> it's like we're. Uh, it's like we stream COD gambling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, 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 okay. And on on to the on to the content. So first movie we're gonna look at is uh, Lost, Lost in Translation. In translation, yes. Okay, Lost in Translation. Uh, you want to give some background details on that, like what viewers made, director, stuff like that, or you want me to do it? Um, let's. I do no 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 I I I got it I, I got it pulled up okay. right here. All right, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Lost in Translation is a 2003 uh, ro- romance drama film written and directed by Sofia Coppola, right? Mm-hmm. Francis Ford Coppola, Coppola, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It. But it's that dude's daughter. Oh wait, that's his oh that's his daughter? I thought they were like mm-hmm, the thought, godfather guy. Oh. I thought they were like husband and wife. <laughs> no, no it's, his da- it's his daughter. No, it's okay. His daughter. <laughs> I, I never realized I never knew how old she was. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good to know. Okay. It stars Bill Murray. Um at the time I think Bill Murray was like forty something. And uh it also stars Fucking, what's her name? Black Scarlet Widow. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Johansson. Yeah, and it, it stars Scarlett Johansson, like, right at the start of her career, actually. Uh, right, I, I think yeah. she's been in probably only, like, one or two feature films, and this was really her first big break. Yeah. Um, and it was even crazy. Though. She was 17 at the time of this movie. Yeah, isn't that crazy, Train, that... <laughs> the MCU was thinking that far ahead when they cast her for this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The MCU, was the MCU even a thing in 2003? Uh, yeah, no. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the time she came out of the womb, MCU was like, we want her. <laughs> yeah, there was like, yeah. Prime pick, <laughs> dude. But honestly, she she ages so well. Uh, but like, okay, oh, no, it's weird. In Lost in Translation, she looks older than seventeen. It's weird. I don't know. But she older movies are weird, like that. yeah. But she doesn't seem older that by that much now. <laughs> uh, okay. Background background aside, um. Basically, a, a quick overview of the story, Lost in Translation. We're, and we're trying not to spoil too much about the movie because we really think right. that you really should just watch it. So it's, a, it's a great that's film. why we will not be spoiling the fact that this is a prequel to the Black Widow movie. Well, well chronology is right before the Hulk. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Lost in Translation right. is actually the first MCU <laughs> film. <laughs> Bill Murray <laughs> is actually the heart of all MCU films. Bill Murray's actually fucking the guy with the eye patch. What? <laughs> um, he's, he's Odin. <laughs> <laughs> Not that guy with the eye patch. <laughs> shit, uh, you're right. Shit. He's the pirate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, background about the movie. Actually, no, you, you tell them about the background of the movie. Basically, like, the, the setting, where they're at, what's going on. Yeah, so this is, like, um, I'm pretty sure it's set in the 90s, right? It was present for the time. Uh, I, I would say about, yeah, 90s, uh, yeah, late like 90s. A, it's in that that 90s time frame in Japan. So Scarlett Johansson, she's in this movie... 
she's the the wife of a photographer, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Right. So she's over there. Bill Murray's over there filming some kind of low whiskey commercials, things like that. Mm-hmm. Both of them not really happy with where they're at, and they just kind of bond over that as strangers in this strange, not U.S. American land. Yeah, and um, I know we're not gonna talk about this movie nowadays, and I know you haven't watched it, but um, I I watched this before. Oh, no, I watched this after in the mood for love, and I was starting like drawing a lot of comparisons between the two because in the mood for love, it's also about these two married couples who aren't exactly happy with where they're at, and right. they kind of bond over that as neighbors. Right, and you haven't watched this one, but it's there's also a lot of parallels because. Um, so Lost in Translation, Sofia uh, Coppola kind of uh, drew inspiration from her relationship with Spike Jones, and mm-hmm. he ends up directing the movie Her, and this is Her is kind of like oh, his side I, of the story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's it. So I, there's I, I, yeah some connections there as well. So that might be a fun pairing things to look at there, but. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's I, different I, though. It's definitely on my watch list. I've heard a lot of good things about her. Right. Yeah, and hers actually, it's got that other connection with Scarlett Johansson being in it as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, about Lost in Translation, um, I guess narrative wise, the first thing that pops out to me is it's definitely not a super flashy movie. If if anything, it's actually a very boring movie to your average audience. Right. It's yes. It, and I say I feel like, I mean, not every romance drama is like that, but especially the ones that I like, I, they're to be like that. You know, compared to something like La La Land, where there's always at least something going on and it's smooth, it's really fast paced. There's a lot of stuff going on. Lost in Translation just kinda doesn't really have a lot of. So I guess love like tangible substance. It's all very understated. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's I feel like it. I don't know. You have to really look deep into it, like under the covers. Um, yeah, but it's still very accessible too. It's just that the way they've Sophia Co- uh, Coppola and these actors, you know, Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson, they've chosen to present it in a different way. Whereas, like, you know, the normal rom-com is there's humor and things going on that sort of help the plot and keep your focus. But with this one, there is humor in Bill Murray's performance, you know, because he's mainly a comedic yeah, actor. That's def- what most people know him for. Yep, yep. And he shows that humor but it's controlled. He's not being Bill Murray. He's created his character. Yeah. And he's showing his humor through the character. And the character, you know... Yeah, it's... That it's, humor is sad. It's, like, not stuff he def- wants to do. Definitely. It's it's definitely, like, as it, it... He plays it very well. He is not... He's not out of work. He's just a bit... He's kind of in a midlife crisis. He's right. He's successful. He's ec- extremely successful, his character Mm -hmm. um but you know he's just he's at that point in life where he just doesn't have much to look forward to um anymore and um what what might talk about this in a um in a bit but you know his relationship his relationship with his wife is also something to talk about in the movie it's not exactly a great relationship Um, no and same thing for scarlett johansson's character exactly and it's like for one, it feels like one one the uh, Bill Murray character has a very long marriage, and mm-hmm. Charlotte barely just got married, and yet somehow they're kind of in the same spot. Right. Yeah. It, that's like what's kind of cool about what's going on with their relationships and stuff is that with a romantic partner, there are things that you don't need to talk about anymore. And so as strangers, Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson's characters can really bond over their unbondedness, that they can talk about their sort of metaphysical position in life as opposed to those small details like, oh, did you grab the mail? You know, things that you might hear your parents ask each other. They don't 
have to do that as strangers. They can get to these deeper things and what they're uh, feeling. Exactly. And it's, I, I think, like, most of us can kind of agree with this. It's um, the first part of a relationship is always something that, you know, it's exciting. It's fun. And then after that, um, you kind of lose that excited, like, that sort of very, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, kind of abrupt it's like, you know, we're hanging out at 2 a.m., stuff like that. And it mm-hmm. kind of becomes these kind of mundane, everyday stuff. Um, and, right. I'm not, and I'm not saying that, like, you don't get anything out of it. Like, <laughs> like obviously, you get a lot of more stuff out of it. Like, yeah, you lost the excitement that you used to have, but now you have trust and compassion and commitment to each other. And all of that's fine. But um, right. I, I think Sofia Coppola... She does a really good job at kind of giving a kind of realistic view into what marriage and relationships are like. Right. And what these relationships are like, where it's like their needs aren't being met. Like uh, Scarlett Johansson's character is being, uh, there's like that scene towards, I think it's towards the beginning, where mm. her husband runs into his like old college friend or something right right yeah and then you know and they're, they're like hitting it off they haven't seen each other in a while and you know he's fucking kind of flirting and cracking jokes with them and she just right. kind of feels alienated um right and same same thing with bill murray character bill murray's character it's um he there's like a scene where his wife sends him tile patterns to for him to mm-hmm. look at, to pick out, and he just has no clue what the fuck he likes. Right, <laughs> and even she in that conversation feels like she's just going through the motions. Yeah, it's, exactly. They're talking just to talk, not exactly because they want to anymore. Yeah, and especially, um, and, and he knows that. Actually, he misses his kids too. And there's, there's right. they have a very, they have a conversation about where he feels as if his kids don't really need him anymore. And they, right, yeah, even but though they're pretty still, young, yeah. And there's still love there, though not exact. He doesn't exactly, if I'm remembering right, he doesn't exactly say love for his children. It's more like a love for all children that he's kind of like inspired mm. by their childrenness you know what i mean yeah there yeah, yeah. there's sort of that coming across there so that's like an interesting level to his character as well man yeah it's and the, let's talk a bit about the um i guess the big kind of climax i, I guess we can't because we don't want to spoil everything but i think mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. uh near the end of the film mm-hmm. where you know he does something that he uh regretted <laughs> mm-hmm. um that the following scenes after that is something that I really enjoyed the last few uh like the last thirty minutes of the film after right. that part um you can really see like their relationship together just com- take a complete one eighty right and it's like they've gotten to know each other so well over these past few days in Japan uh, and it's just uh, all. All of a sudden, it's kind of, it's not out the window, but it's definitely taken a bit of a, it hit a speed bump. Right. Yeah. Like, she's, he's lost respect for himself. She's lost respect for him. For him. Um, they have a very awkward lunch uh, together at that restaurant. Right. And it's, um, and, and, and I, and the, the timing of it is, is great too. It's great directing and great writing. Yeah. It's um because I think that happened like the day before he leaves, right. or like not even the day before, like I think less than twenty four hours. Right. And it's like they wanted to leave each other, like on a good note, but mm-hmm. it's just that kind of that kind of puts such a damper on the whole trip. Right. And I just love how all of it fits with the characters, though. It fits with their journeys, what they're kind of needing, but. The film also doesn't make a point of giving you the answers, which I also love. It doesn't, you know, contrive any sort of happy ending. It just sort of yeah. lets it happen. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't try too much to have happy ending. And, and honestly, depending on who you ask, you could say that the movie 
had had a happy ending. Right. Um, but, you know, it depends on who, who you like. You know, I say it had a happy ending, but that's also because I think La La Land have a ha- had a happy ending. <laughs> right. Um, well, I, I say happy ending as in it doesn't give you a clear takeaway as in, oh, in your relationships. Yeah. Do these things. I'll be more grateful. Oh, the their husbands. It's and, it's like, not his black and wife. white. Right. Yeah. That's that's what it gets across. Yeah. Which exactly. I think is really it's neat. Just this constant struggle and um, constant negotiation with each other. Right. Yeah. No. Honestly, I, there's so much more stuff we can talk about in this movie, but um. That, oh, for sure. Dude, that ending is just really fantastic to me. That's um, fun. And, yeah. And, yeah. And I think Sofia Coppola did a great, made a great um, creative decision in not letting us know what he said to her at the right, end of the exactly. film. Exactly. It's it's because we don't need to know at that point. Yeah, I don't. Are, they're they have their own life, their privacy. Yeah. Exactly. Their own yeah. relationship happening there. Yeah, and it's like no, no matter what he said to her, they're gonna have to go back to their own life anyways. Right. So, I think that's all. That's the main major point you want to give. It's a it's a great movie. I think we uh, we should all watch it. You guys should all watch it. Uh, what what mm. were the rating scales? It was watch with discretion. Mm-hmm. It was watch if available. And watch immediately. And the the secret fourth uh, one. <laughs> watch with discretion because it's too again. good. Yeah, again. Um, what's your personal rating for this movie, Mark? I'm torn. I know. Because... It's definitely, for me, it's between the second and third option. Right. I definitely would give it a watch immediately. But... It's like a watch if available for certain like people, you know, depending exactly. on what exactly. you're feeling, what you want to watch. It's either watch if available or watch immediately. Exactly. As, yeah. And it's hard. Um, I guess I think for your average uh, moviegoer, I, I say watch um, if available. But for someone that it, can really, truly appreciate films, um, I say Take out, take time you out of your day and just watch the film. Yeah, I well, let's put that in nicer terms. By <laughs> by average viewer, you mean if you're looking for I, I, I guess, yeah, something yeah. something a something bit fun, more... light, yeah, exactly, yeah, easy, yeah. To, easily to digest. You know, just throw it on in the background. This is not yeah. that movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it, this is kind of it demands attention. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, so. Um, I don't know, like two point five out of three, something like that. Two point five out of three. Uh, but yeah, it's grand fantastic movie. Just watch it whenever you can. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tell us what you think. Yep, yep, yep. I I should set up some kind of fucking survey thing or whatever. <laughs> survey. Yeah. All right. What, what's the what's the next movie on the list, Mark? Uh, that was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. Um, this was my first time watching it. Uh, mm. How much times have you watched it, Mark? Twice, but this this one's a lot more recent, so pretty much once. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's I had a blast watching this movie it's uh it's just so fun yeah some background on it yeah charlie kaufman wrote the screenplay okay he also wrote the screenplay for being john malkovich another pretty trippy film Mm -hmm. um and being john malkovich there is a portal in an office building to get inside john malkovich's head and like experience what it's like to be him Mm-hmm. So, another trippy movie about stuff going on in your head, as we'll get into with what Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind does. Yep, but yep. he also did a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, another one that might be notable for some people is Synecdoche, New York, um, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, he's written countless amazing screenplays. And I think he even directed Synecdoche, New York. Um, I need to double check that, though. I, I have not seen this movie. Is it the same actor? Uh, actress? It lo- they look the same. Uh, uh, 
Oh, I'm I don't not think sure. it is. It, it, it is not. It is not. They just look very similar. <laughs> right. But yeah, no. All of Charlie Kaufman's uh, screenplays, all of his movies, are really interesting and dive into these ideas of identity. Hmm. Hmm. Oh man, it's starting to sound like you're describing Satoshi Khan for a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, and there's definitely some comparisons we can meet. We can be making there too. Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. So yeah, this was my first time watching Eternal Sunshine, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and man, it's I feel like I only watched it once, and I pretty much got the entire story. But I would love to watch this a second time if if right. I can. Um, yeah, that's there's a fracturedness to the film because what we're seeing is his head, Joel's head. His name yeah. is wait, Joel, yeah, it's right? Joel. Yeah, Joel Barry. <laughs> yeah, fucking, I can't even remember his name. <laughs> besides Jim Carrey, <laughs> yeah, besides Jim Carrey. But yeah, we're inside Joel's head, so what we're seeing is what his mind what he's thinking about. We're not exactly seeing, yeah, you know, a I, chronological. And, linear movie here yeah and, and for the most part it's pretty linear um you'll mm-hmm. find out right at the end with when that twist happens that it's actually not right. that linear um, right but whatever happens in his mind yeah it's in his mind but it's also being influenced by whatever he's hearing in his sleep during the whole right. procedure yeah and, um it's 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 a fun movie to watch but it's also kind of heart-wrenching <laughs> Oof, yeah it's fucking the the scenes where she just disappears mm. when he's, and he's just having these reliving these great moments with her right. for the second time in his memories and it's just just coming going away from his grasp yeah yeah the emotions that's the through line that's like the movie works because what you're following is these emotions even though things aren't accurate actually in that order Mm -hmm. the emotions keep that through line and you don't even really need to worry about is this real or is this not because we're inside joel's head yeah which makes it so much more interesting (laughs) yeah definitely it is yeah you don't have to always be wondering if it's real or fake because it doesn't really matter doesn't matter i mean to him it's very real that's the point yeah yeah Exactly, and it's oh man, it. I, I know it. Compared to Lost in Translation, there's a lot more stuff happening in this film. I feel oh, like for it, sure. it, it goes back and forth, talks about their ups and downs with each other. Um, let's also talk about their characters, like as a whole. These are two completely polar opposite characters. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, Joel Bears and Clementine are like complete opposites of each other. Like fucking, who, who's the girl in Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Ramona Flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Clementine walked so flowers could run. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. And like Joel Barris is literally us. Like, well, like poor boy, you to me. But he's he's just this kind of like real bookish guy. Yeah, bookish, sad. Yeah, just. <laughs> extreme social anxiety <laughs> Oof. yeah and, and then there's just this girl who just has no care in the world about what she says and what other people think of her mm. and yet somehow they kind of they complement each other and they kind yeah. of complete each other but that's the thing about this movie is that what we're seeing is we we have to get into this some way. What we're dealing with is the memories and yeah. the connection to love with this. Mm-hmm. So both of them, they're choosing to remember. And maybe it's not even just choosing because what Charlie Kaufman is doing with this is kind of exploring the relationship between memory and love. Is that they're remembering more of these nice, perfect moments where the world was all cherry blossoms and happiness between them. Yeah, yeah, When yeah. we see that that's not really true. And, they had and, their down moments that yep. caused this outrageous outcome. Yeah, and, and part of it's, it's also because, you know, she's impulsive, right? And she'll, she'll just mm-hmm. do whatever. Um, right. Actually, what you were talking about, it's very much what happens in 500 Days of Summer. 
actually. Yeah, oh, it's, for, for sure. For like, sure. It's, it's like almost the complete, the exact same. It's these, he remembers the good stuff, but it, when in remembering the good stuff, you kind of forget about all of the hurdles that you had to jump through <laughs> with each other. Well, yeah, let's talk about 500 Days of Summer for a second. Though, yeah, yeah, yeah. That character in that movie is so funny. The way they introduce him with misunderstanding the graduate or no, yeah the graduate right off the bat <laughs> i i care wait does he do that i forget about that yeah he sees that ending where they're on the bus together as the perfect happy ending when uh-huh. he's for he's completely just ignoring their faces in that last scene where yeah uh, it, it's uh, this like this isn't working now. yeah it's definitely like uh what the fuck did i just do <laughs> kind of situation right. yeah um, no but Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character in 500 Days of Summer looks at the graduate and says, wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Fucking, fucking saw Zoe Deschanel, and I'm like, I'm a marrier. He's literally the hopeless romantic character. Like 100%. I mean, <laughs> yeah, honestly, no. part of me is also like him. I can't blame the guy. <laughs> that's, but that's the difference between 500 Days of Summer and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, mm-hmm. we're seeing both of them looking back on this past relationship. But 500 Days of Summer, this guy is just delusional. Yeah, He's kind 100%. of, like, obsessed. And he's, like, having to talk to his friends and his sister or whatever right. about what, 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 where it all went wrong. Right. Um, and the it, thing is, it was never really a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she made it pretty clear, um, but um, I can't blame the guy. No, I I would have honestly, I would have done the same uh, fucking thing. <laughs> for but, Zooey Deschanel, fuck, bro, fuck, I'll do anything for Zooey Deschanel. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, so uh, anything else you want to talk about in Eternal Sunshine? <laughs> it's it's a lot of stuff, but honestly, it's. It, it's a lot of suffering, but like substance wise, I feel like it's pretty much similar to Lost in Translation. It's mm-hmm. kind of just going back and forth. Yeah, uh, no, that's the through line that we're, we're going to have with pretty much all of these movies in yeah. some fashion is that yeah. these relationships, it's not just focused on one side or the other. It's mm-hmm. both of these people struggling with it. Yeah. And, whether yeah. it's like conflict of interest, conflict of personalities, or the fact that they they're already married, <laughs> um, it's <laughs> it's always fun to watch movies like this. In my, for me personally, oh, it's for so sure. fun. Yeah. All right, what 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 rating you want to give this one, Mark? Mm, I, I no, feel it's like it's a watch immediately. I, for, I, for me. me too. I, I, I'm not saying that it's better than Lost in Translation or worse, um, but I think. Um, it's it's you don't have to pay too much attention to it to just really get a lot out of it. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's as much needing to pay attention as it might just be a little bit more accessible to people. Yeah, yeah, it's accessible. It's you know, it's Jim Carrey. It's fucking great. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the visuals are. Uh, it's spectacular. Uh, yeah. I, I hate it how much it's good. Yeah, Ugh. it's. So good. Actually, let's talk about the fucking worst character in movies. What the fuck was his name? What what was his name? Um, Patrick. Patrick. I hate Patrick. Pa- <laughs> Elijah Wood needs to fucking. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> dude, dude literally has no morals. <laughs> Just no. Dude, this literally. I'm not gonna spoil it, but he is the worst character. I hate mm. this guy. <laughs> he's he's worse than Furmat. Yeah, worse than Furmat. The fact that Eliza Wood is both Frodo Baggins and Patrick <laughs> actually makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, though. You're right. Yeah. Uh. All right. It's a consensus for us. Watch immediately for your choice of the spotless eye. Perfect. Cross that off the list. All right, we're down to our um, our final movie and one that neither of us have watched before. Yeah. Um, twenty forty six by Wong Kar Wai. Yeah. Um, I'll give a little bit of background on twenty forty six. Um, 
in case you don't know, I, I assume most of you guys know what Wong Kar Wai is legendary film director and writer. Fucking his movies and visuals are just so dreamy. When and he came onto the scene, nothing else was quite the same afterwards. You can after- see his influence in so many things. It, it, it's the, insane. It, and like the images are there, but like even then, I still go back to Wong Kar Wai. I'm like, my of God. Course. Like, like it, it doesn't get any better than this, I it's, don't think. <laughs> it's like, um, I know you haven't seen it, but M, the first police procedural movie um, pre-World mm-hmm. War II coming from Fritz Long. You watch M, it still feels fresh because all of the tropes that have developed since then are yeah. not present in it because it's the first fucking police procedural. So it feels it's, new. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, just when you make a movie that no one else has done and then it's, it turns out to be fantastic and influences for decades to come, it's, it's truly a fucking remarkable <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, 246. Uh, yeah, fuck it. This piece of shit. Just stop making good movies. Fucking stop. <laughs> <laughs> what was the fucking ending of this movie, huh? Huh? The yeah, fuck what was that? What was that? <laughs> what, man. The, the movie kind of sucked until the it, ending. I, I was looking so forward to how it being sucking, and then he just flipped it all around near the end. Um, how how yeah. does. Takes a, takes talent to do stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> takes talent to make you hate how good he is. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, Twenty Forty Six is the third movie in an unofficial trilogy. Like there, you don't have to watch all of the movies to understand this one. Um, it's kind of a loose trilogy. They 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 are the same characters though. Um, in kind of the same timeline, sort of. Uh, that kind of changes a bit in Twenty Forty Six when you start implementing science fiction stuff into it. Um, <laughs> but uh, the first movie in the trilogy is Days of Being Wild, second In the Mood for Love. A lot of people consider In the Mood for Love to be his complete magnum opus, and I kind of stand by that. And then finally 2046. Um, 2046 is told in a non-linear um, narrative. And mm. I, I feel like, I don't know, it, it, what, for me, that's like an immediate green flag. Like if I start, I don't know. I just feel like if a director feels confident enough to tell a, tell a story in a nonlinear fashion, it's probably gonna be a good film. Uh, I'll agree to an extent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it definitely it doesn't work all the time. But yeah. um, uh, but in, even... in the case of Twenty Four Six, I think it, he does it with flawlessly. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. And again, it's like what was happening with Eternal Sunshine, where you don't really need it to be in a linear fashion. It works better this way because they're choosing to tell the story this way for a reason. Yeah. It, Whereas it, it, sometimes where the non-linear timelines just become so annoying is when people are mm-hmm. doing them just to do them. Exactly, no, they yeah, work yeah. better this this way in these movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, it's... I mean, give me your thoughts on twenty forty six. I kind of hear your your initial thoughts of it. It's, it, I, I remember, I know, you got my initial thoughts as we were watching it yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. There was so many layers with the professional dynamics in these relationships and the way that it directs and confounds how they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the family dynamics. Um, things like that that was it directed the characters towards these ends that you know they might not otherwise if they were in a different position yeah um how many the movie shows the main character uh, mr chow uh played by what was his name tony lung yeah, yeah, Tony to- Lung, baby. Tony Lung, oh, we yeah. need to watch the Infernal Affairs trilogy. And I, I have not watched that, but yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, Tony but, Lung uh, in the movie yeah. he meets these. I, I want to say it was three different women throughout the course of the movie. There were so many women, but like, yeah, yeah, like three <laughs> main ones, and the last one kind of um, is an extension of In the Mood for Love. Um, and it, it it shows this sort of... It, it all, for me, personally, it all comes back to 
you have to meet someone at the right time in the right place. The timing. The timing. Yes. It's it's definitely like. Even in the the last movie in the trilogy, in a mood for love, it, it just wasn't the right time. Even though they clearly just love each other so much, and and, and in twenty forty six, um, usually it's the girls that um kind of are simping over Tony Leung, the first yeah. two girls, and he's just um he's just still kind of hung up over his previous love from the last film, and he mm-hmm. doesn't really kind of let them get anywhere with it right but then you start seeing regret yeah you start seeing regret and then when you get he gets to the last girl in the film Mm -hmm. it completely flips now he feels like he just completely found the one and she she just doesn't feel that way because she knows that he's not in love with her he's in love with the other version of her (laughs) right it's just it's it's heart heart wrenching yeah and then you know it goes back and forth. it's not linear it goes back and forth um between him and him with one girl and then him to another girl and back to the same girl and then telling the story by way of a science fiction novel he's and, writing yeah exactly oh that's such a crazy all of thing. those frame devices it's, so interesting one car why i feel like watching draw office movies he loves telling a story through another medium within the story mm-hmm. and it's whether it's it, it, like i like the word that you said framing like in this mm-hmm. movie he he's writing a novel and he's telling his character's experiences and kind of pro- projecting himself into into this character in the novel he's writing right um and, but even with the cinematography the way that he films each scene it's kind of a very voyeur, voyeuristic way of looking at the film. Like whether it's looking right. through a peephole or just uh, looking through a window, he makes it very obvious that you are looking through some kind of frame. And there's even the relationships he has with some of these girls is kind of like that, to where he's not exactly entering into a relationship with them. He's trying to see what a relationship is like with them to see if he can learn something about that girl he lost. You remember that part oh, where he's talking yeah. about where he, there's that one girl in particular where he's saying that he's trying to see if he can learn something from her because she reminds him so much of mm-hmm. that other girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the last girl. I mean, it's just it's it's just heart wrenching, right? especially like near the end of the, like basically the last scene of the film. Almost like where he ultimately just where he says like he this one thing that he won't let he just walks away and she's bawling her eyes out. Right. Oh my god, that scene just absolutely destroyed me. Mm. It's um, it's it's definitely. I know that we had some trouble following it near the beginning, <laughs> partly because we were kind of messing around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it it like I like the term that I used for um. Glossing translation, Wong Kar Wai, 2046 and Wong Kar Wai in general, his films demand the utmost attention to get the oh, most out sure. of it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Man, is, is there anything else and, I want to talk about? Oh, yeah, the fun drinking game we did. Yeah, if you want a fun time, <laughs> oh take a God. shot every time 2046 is said. Uh, I wasn't playing... I feel like if I was, I think I'd actually die. <laughs> yeah, no, we did what? One minute? <laughs> yeah, like in a minute, I think we took six shots or something. <laughs> I was... Neither, for reference, neither of us did not know that was going to happen. Yeah, like, we did like, not like, expect 2046 to be said that often. Like, he, he just said it so many times. <laughs> Hey, no, let's oh, talk about the title so of the film for a little bit because the title oh. film is kind of fun. Um, yeah, that's worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay, you haven't watched In the Boot for Love, okay? Um, up. Yeah, talk weird. to me like I'm the audience. Yeah. So basically, in the mood in in the movie In the Boot for Love, Tony Lung moves into this kind of hotel room. Let's call it an apartment. Yeah, he moves into an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and his neighbor. It, his neighbor is the girl he's in love with um that you know their spouses are cheating on each other or like on them with each other right in in for love 
that other room is also 2046. <laughs> mm-hmm. Apparently. And, and then in this movie, apparently, I didn't get this, but I was reading some, like, um, some people's reviews and, st- and stuff about 2046. Apparently, 2046 in this film, 2046, is the same room as in In the Mood for Love. Oh, it's, wow. It's the same exact one. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but it's a different set. Doesn't look the same, but apparently right, it's the right. same. Yeah. Um, and it, the f- apparently twenty forty six also has something to do with uh something about Hong Kong being handed over to the British. Oh yeah, yeah. There's the fractured identity. Happening yeah. There, the ways and there, the loyalty and things like that. Yeah. What's happening there? There's another. There's a whole bunch of um, movies coming from Hong Kong, kind of during this time in the '90s. Um, that that's another um, thing being represented in the Infernal Affairs trilogy, which mm-hmm. is why um, I brought that up afterwards. Mm-hmm. Not only because our man Tony Lung is up in there, um, uh-huh. but yeah, no that that whole thing becomes a movement inside um, Def- cinema yeah. coming out of Hong Kong. Yeah, and it's. And I'm honestly not saying I don't kind of I support whatever it is, but man, the movies coming out are just so good. <laughs> yeah, and when it's something like a national identity crisis, you wouldn't yeah. expect it to be, you know, reflected in its art. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really fantastic. Um, yeah, in the 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 science fiction aspect of it. Honestly, I think I told you this. I I. Coming into 24, I had kind of lower expectations for it. I thought that this movie was going to be his falling off era. Mm-hmm. Because when I heard that it had like science fiction in it, it kind of drew me, kind of rubbed me the wrong way for a little bit. <laughs> you I'm, thought, you were like, Wong Kar Wai, you crazy ass yeah, look, le- legit, What is you doing? Le- legit, I was like, what the f- Science fiction? <laughs> but he he posted, but he proves me wrong again. This bastard. Um, it's a great film. Yeah, Let's watch it. Um, I, I I think it's because the science fiction isn't really happening in the real life. <laughs> it's, <laughs> no. it's it's through the frame of the novel that he's writing. <laughs> right. Um, right. And and it, and it still gets his point across. Oh, but that good. ending, our me and Train's reactions when that ending came on. Damn! Fucking <laughs> You got a piece of shit. <laughs> Why the fuck does it look so good? <sighs> yeah, it's it's really good. And uh, it, it, honestly, it's it's not a straightforward ending either. I mean, it can be straightforward if you wanted to, but you can also read into it a little bit more. Uh, oh, there's so much to read into this. Yeah, Ugh. especially when he <laughs> says stuff about like you know. There's one thing that I will never lend to you, and there's you know you can Ooh. you can tear that apart. And just right. really dig into it. He doesn't tell you what what that thing is, but he just yeah. walks away and leaves this fucking girl crying. What a sigma! <laughs> and for that reason, I'm giving this I'm movie. Out. Yeah, for that reason, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna be giving this movie, even if it's not exactly an easy watch with discretion. Yeah, watch with discretion. Because you might <laughs> you might fucking ball your eyes out after this movie. Uh, you should watch the other ones. I should watch the other ones. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But you don't need to. It's a good movie regardless. Yeah. It's just amazing. Wait, Mark, we've been recording for two hours. For me, it says one hour. Oh, really? Wait. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't say four hours <laughs> no it does <laughs> actually i'm at one hour 50 for me i'm just at 50 oh oh i don't know all right we'll, we'll figure it out anyways um anything else you want to talk about mm, we promised them a little something oh uh, no no you tell them about the surprise you tell them about the surprise i don't i don't want to tell them drum roll Please, ladies and gentlemen, we would like to present to you in our next episode, Mr. 
Yeezy huh? himself, Whoa, Kanye West. No, no way, no way. Kanye West is coming. No way, Kanye West is coming on the podcast. Yeah. Trey. Wait, wait, wait. Kanye Ye- Yeezys, Yee Yeezys himself. The man who wrote the song "Ninjas in Paris," and the guy One who made. Yeah, and the guy who made the song "I Thought About Killing You." That is him. He <laughs> will surely not say anything controversial about Jews or Palestine. Wait, wait, and wait, wait. We will be safe. <laughs> wait, wait. What's the next episode? Satoshi Khan. We're gonna have Kanye West on during our Satoshi Khan episode. Uh, uh, oh my God, he's gonna blow his fuck. He's not gonna get blown the fuck out. Kanye, Kanye rest in peace rest in from peace. these movies, man. Kanye, I know you're fucking listening to his first episode. You better fucking wake up and not be a Markiplier, okay? You better fucking wake up. After all that fucking begging you did to us to be on our (laughs) podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Larry got on his knees and started fucking kissing my boot. And we definitely did not order that on Cameo. By a Kanye West impersonator. <laughs> but we're going to have the real Kanye West the in the episode. The he real does Kanye like West. us and wants to be on the pod. Yep. The pod. On the, the pod, pod train. The pod. He Kanye wants to Obama be on the West. pod. The man he that wants... listens himself, Kanye West, one of the world's best movie reviewers, coming on our podcast. Yeah. It's, um, keep on, keep on look out for that. Um, and, Guys, keep spamming Markiplier. I know he wants to go on the podcast. Keep spamming him. Just remind him. <laughs> who cares if he's working on Iron Lung? Tell him we got Tony Lung up over here. <laughs> yeah, Tony, the the legend himself. And uh, maybe he's just mm, not the best Mark, you know? Mm. I got the best Mark right here, actually. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right? We don't need Markiplier. Con- we have one right here. Yeah, we have Kanye Mark West. <laughs> <laughs> alright guys that's gonna be it for the first episode of Real Mouth thank you for listening to our first episode of Romance Dramas um, what we, uh, I, I guess I already uh, revealed it the second episode uh, comes out November 31st and it's gonna be Satoshi Khan Mark and, one of Mark and I's favorite movie directors mm. makes some amazing animated films I um, love it yeah so be on the lookout for that guys um, again thanks for watching and uh, anything else you wanna say Mark Love you, night night. Love you, night night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank right. you. Come Thank again. You. This is Real Mouth signing off. Good night. Good night. <laughs>